Hello, and welcome to the Where People Meet podcast, the event technology podcast for the worldwide meetings and events industry. I'm your host, Mitch Malinsky, Head of Strategic Partnerships here at Feedloop. And today I'm joined by the lovely Pilar Vigil, Manager of Trade Shows and Conferences at Alkermes in the beautiful city of Boston. Pilar has an incredibly impressive resume in the events industry through her experience at organizations like FICO, Amgen, American Express Meetings, and her latest role at Alchemies. Of note, Pilar is a trade show expert that has managed the convention strategy at all organizations she has lent her services. Now, I'm really excited for what's sure to be an insightful conversation. So, Pilar, just want to start off by saying thank you for taking the time to join us today. Hi, Mitch. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. So, if you wouldn't mind, can we start with you telling the audience a bit about yourself and your background in the meetings and events industry? Sure. Um, it's interesting. I was at the exhibitor conference last week in Las Vegas, and that conference is focused on people who do things like what I do. And one of the presenters asked everybody to raise their hand um, as far as who had accidentally gotten, in, gotten into this industry, and majority of the people in the room did. Um, not many had gone to school for it. So that's kind of me. Um, about 25 years ago, I was living in San Diego going to school for interior design, and I needed to find some work. And I started working part-time for a small um small little marketing company that focused on conferences um, for the C-Store industry. So for um, people that the um, industry, that, oh God, I just went blank. for distributors that would bring things to like 7-Eleven or, you know, Circle K or things like that. And I started out just yep. working part-time admin and then I kind of got into sales. And then the next thing I knew I was kind of running the whole show. And that's kind of where my career started. And um, I was good at it. I enjoyed it and stuck with it. And since and then, I've been. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. And like you said, since then, I've been um, at FICO. I've been at American Express, um, Amgen. Um, works for some small marketing companies, kind of in between those, doing trade shows as well. And then now I'm here at Alchemies. It's an exciting industry. It, uh, it definitely sucks you in, and it and it's hard to leave once you're inside. So, um, yes, love that. It's it's uh, it's a fantastic. Uh, background you have, a lot of different experiences. And despite you holding a number of different roles with a wide variety of responsibilities, it seems that at every single organization you've been at, you've managed to find a formula for success to apply at the different events you've managed. I'd love to hear about this. I'm sure the audience would love to hear about this what is this this recipe? What's this key to success you've found that has allowed you to be such an amazing event planner at all the organizations you've worked for? Well, there was a lot of trial and error, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of learnings, you know, because each industry I was in was a little bit different. My um, leadership allowed me to do different things differently, you know, whether I had, you know, somebody watching me, you know, not, you know, kind of that micromanaging are really allowing me to do what I do and be the best that I can be. And there's a couple of things that I think that have helped with my success. And the first would be kind of a creating a, an event strategy that ties back to the goals decided upon. So I think that's key at the very beginning to really to meet with your stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And many times there's a number of them involved. Um, so 
kind of being the puppet master for all those stakeholders, getting everybody together, discussing what their goals and objectives are, and then trying to see how you can input that into the event. And then secondarily, I think equally important or sometimes more important is really creating strong relationships. I pride myself on being able to create strong relationships. And that's really been a big part of why I've been successful in my career is because of those relationships that I have with people and them um, trusting what I can do, allowing me to be the subject matter expert, you know, it comes in really handy when maybe you're going to go over budget or maybe there's um, something new you want to try. And if people really trust you, um, they're going to allow you to do those things. So I think relationships uh, are key, both within your organization and outside of it with vendors and even colleagues that are in other industries that do what you do, being able to connect with them um, and learn from them. So those relationships are really important. And is is that why you attend a lot of these industry events like the exhibition last week? Is that What's the what's the purpose for you going to those kind of events? Is it to educate yourself based on sessions that are being presented? Is it to learn more about new technologies through the trade show? Is it more about relationships, finding and connecting with like-minded people in the industry? Or is it all of the above? Yeah, I think it's all of the above. You know, you want to see what's new, what's happening in the industry. Just, you know, discuss with your peers what they're doing, what's working for them, what's not working for them. I think it's really important to have like that sounding board of like-minded people to really be able to um, be creative, collaborate and talk about things. And I think it's also a great opportunity to kind of be that mentor, start to meet people that are coming into the industry and share your knowledge with them. Because, if I can save somebody for some of the heartache that I've gone through, I think that will help a lot of people. So it's all of the above and then some. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I can really understand how the whole relationship side of things can be critical for an event planner because um, sometimes you do get thrown curveballs. Sometimes things come up at the last minute. And if you have a solid network of professionals in the industry, both internal to your organization and external, then at least you don't have to navigate those waters alone. At least you can tap into other people's expertise. Possibly they've got a speaker who can sub in for the keynote who just had to drop out due to a family emergency, things along those lines. So I'm, I'm glad that you highlighted the importance of establishing a network and fostering strong relationships within the industry. And I think the way things have changed now after COVID, I mean, for me, for the last nine years, I've always worked remote. So I had to work very hard at establishing those relationships because I wasn't getting the face-to-face time. So I think now more than ever for a lot of people, it's important too, right? Because especially if you're meeting somebody new, there's just something different when you meet them over Zoom versus meeting in person, maybe seeing them (laughs) day in and day out at the office, right? So you have to work harder. Um, and what I do lots of times, instead of a sa- sending an email, I pick up the phone and call somebody, right? Because then you can have the, the chit chat, the banter, how was your weekend, you know, get to know them on a personal level, because exactly. that also helps a lot. For sure. That goes a long way. So, and, and I know we want to dive into some other aspects of the conversation, namely the event strategy and what you need to account for. But before I do so, just one last question along this line of thought in terms of relationships, making connections in the industry, where can event planners go to do that? I know you mentioned conferences and events is a good place to do that, but is there anywhere else you look to to make meaningful connections in the industry? 
Yeah. I also, you know, LinkedIn is always a good tool. You know, you can see other people or see what people post. There's different groups within LinkedIn where people that are in our industry, you know, can join. So you can see what people post. I try to be active instead of just liking something, but comment it. Or if you feel, you know, something really resonated with you, make a comment or send that back to that person and try to connect with them. Um, Again, and even being on sighted events, you know, during the setup time, all of us are there when everything is being put together. So it's also, you know, one of my best friends that I met at a conference in Miami years ago, we were just chit chatting while he was at his booth and now he's one of my greatest friends. So it's just making um, use of any opportunity you have to connect with people. Yep. And I really like the idea of LinkedIn. We actually had Leanne Calderwood on the podcast a few weeks ago. She She's a beast in the industry. She wears a lot of different hats from um, event planner to consultant. She also does LinkedIn consulting. And she uh-huh. says that LinkedIn is an incredibly powerful tool that isn't being utilized by most event planners. Um, right. So get out there, establish your own personal brand on LinkedIn, make connections, become a thought leader. These are all ideas she had, and it seems you're echoing on. But switching gears, I wanted to focus more on something you brought up earlier on in the conversation when we were discussing your recipe to success. And you mentioned mm-hmm. it's really important to, from the get-go, map out your event strategy. Um, and when mapping out your event strategy, it's not as if you're looking at it on a per event basis. This is more of a long-term process that you're looking at for all of your events throughout the year. Um, and even year after year, how that strategy is going to evolve. So I think that's a really important piece to highlight is that these event strategies need to be long-term and span multiple events and evolve over, over those events. But another really important piece that you brought up that I want to highlight for the audience is the fact that you need to account for various stakeholder groups when planning your event strategy. So can you help the audience identify who those different stakeholders are to account for when creating your event strategy? And as a follow-up question to that, actually, you know what? Let's keep it simple. Let's answer that. Then I'll ask my my follow-up question. So I think it can vary from company to company that you work with. But I think overall, there's some general ones. So you typically have your brand or your product team that you work with. You've got your sales leaders. And then depending on the company, like within mine, we have brand, but then we also have marketing, right? So those are kind of the key stakeholders that play in the commercial area. And then depending, you know, And like in biotech, there's also medical affairs, but that's something completely separate that um, we don't get involved in too much. But those are kind of my key stakeholders there. And so what I typically like to do is at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, when you're planning the conference strategy, you know, get my calendar together of all the conferences that I think we should be participating in and kind of group them either by segment, by product, by, you know, whatever it is that differentiates them from each other. So you may have a little bit different strategy for each of those segments Mm -hmm. and then meet with those stakeholders to understand what their goals and objectives are for the year. I think many times they're very similar. They're just worded a little bit differently. So, you know, for marketing or brand, they want brand awareness, right? They want people to see our name. They want them to see our logo. They want them to engage with the company name. And then with sales, they really want to engage with the attendees, their customers or potential customers. And really those work hand in hand because by me promoting the brand or the the company name, 
in whatever my space is, that's what's going to draw those attendees in for the sales team to be able to connect with them. So I think it's clearly defining what each team's goals and objectives are. Yep. Where they, you know, they they cross over or they're the same. And then where you have the differences, really kind of a hierarchy or what's most important, you know, of those things that are different because you can't meet every single goal, but you've got to have those core goals that everybody um, wants to achieve and then determine how you're going to achieve those so that you're able to, you know, capture metrics on either the ROO or the ROI, which is your return on objectives or return on investment. Because as we all know, the trade show industry sometimes it's harder to measure metrics for that ROI. So the objectives are much easier to capture metrics on. So just have a clear defined goal and metrics so that everybody's aware of what you're doing at the very beginning. That's it may great. shift throughout the year, but that's how I try to start it. Of course, it always evolves. Got to keep you on yes. your toes there. But um, so, so from what I've heard from you, it seems that you're looking at two different groups. You've got your internal stakeholders, uh, within your company, your sales team, your marketing teams, branding, customer support, and their varying demands that you need to account for. But then you also have to tie that to the external stakeholders, uh, stakeholders that aren't within your company, but are critical to your event. So groups like the attendees themselves, um, investors, partners, exhibitors, and sponsors, and ultimately, Compiling all, compiling all of these needs, all of these wants together into a list that you can then action on and prioritize X, Y, Z in your event strategy. Okay. And one thing I want to say on that too, that's important, another part of it is really understanding your associations that you're working with, right? Because they're all so very different in how they like to work with you, what they offer, the flexibility of being able to curate a sponsorship or an experience based on what your needs are. So it's really, again, back to relationships, having that good relationship where maybe they're not so flexible, but if you have that good relationship, you might be able to talk them into doing something that's a little bit different. um, That's going to meet your needs. Yep. Yep. I love how you tie it all back together to what we were discussing earlier on the importance of establishing relationships in the industry. Um, it all it all ties together. Yeah. So, Pilar, when you and I spoke prior to this call, one thing you mentioned to me that really stood out was the importance of humanizing the event experience for the different stakeholders you've identified as being important to your event strategy. Can you explain to the audience what you mean by this? Sure. So I think we've all been to a conference and you walk the show floor or trade show and everything's very high level as far as what they offer, what they're trying to um, teach you about their product, right? There's nothing that's individualized specific to me. So one thing we did at American Express and we did a great job of was really trying to understand first who the attendees are um, so that you can kind of um, market or brand in that direction. I I know I did a conference a few years ago. it was a banking conference and it had a majority were C-level attendees. And we had this great interaction in the booth where it was a vending machine. And all you had to do is you'd walk up if you tweet something and then it had some cool different prizes you'd get once you tweeted. Yep. Well, we learned very quickly that the demographic that was there was um, older male and a lot of them didn't tweet. So the activation really wasn't going to work very well because nobody knew how to tweet. So we quickly pivoted and 
had some cards and they could try a card and still got to have the, um, the cool prize, but it just didn't work the way we wanted it. So it's really important at the very beginning to really understand your audience, those demographics. And, you know, you get high level from the association, but if you can get even more, look at those previous attendee lists to really understand their title, um, who they are, maybe the region that they're coming from. You know, there's a lot of information that goes into that to really focus on. And then after that, that's when you can learn to say, okay, what can we do to make this experience personalized as much as possible to them? You know, we would look at the conference and say, how can we make this conference easier or better for them? So another example is I did a, a travel trade show. Yep. And as we know, whenever we go to these conferences, you're leaving somebody back home doing extra work, whether it's your spouse, if you're leaving a pet alone, you know, your kids miss you or a colleague has to do more work. So we created this experience at the end of the um, last day keynote. When people walked out, we had it all set up and it was kind of a thank you station. It was an opportunity for the attendee to say thank you to that person back home. So they could come up and they could choose an item to take back. So that's my nice. wife. Uh, and when we looked at the items for them to take, we also thought about, okay, is this going to fit in their carry on? Are they going to have any problems going through um, TSA with this? So really all the things that you need to think about to make it simple and easy for them. So they could choose a candle if they wanted to for their partner. Um, we had a toy paddle ball set for the kids. We had a toy for the dog. And then we had, since it was in Chicago, a small little bag of Garrett's popcorn, which, you know, you have to get when you go to Chicago um, in a nice gift bag. And the attendees loved it because they felt like we really thought about them beyond just being at the conference, you know, or we did something similar at another travel event um, in San Diego. That exhibit hall is huge. And then when you're walking to your hotel, you know, it might seem like it's a mile away. It's not. But by the end of the day, after you've been walking all over the exhibit hall, going to sessions, your feet are tired. So for our customers, we had this little card that we gave them. And when they got outside the exhibit hall, they would look for a specific branded um, pedicab and they had a free ride in the pedicab to take them back to their hotel. So that was either in the morning or at the end of the day. So it was just something nice to wear one. They didn't have to charge something, another thing to expense on their expense report. It just made them feel special. So really try to look at that, humanizing it, focusing on them as a person yep. versus just number at the conference. That's, that's brilliant because I think what we've seen, especially over the past few years, is that attendees are being more selective with the events that they invest in and go to. There are yes. a lot of new events and there's a lot more accessible ways to attend an event now if you don't necessarily have to be on site with the rise of the virtual and the hybrid formats. People are able to do it from the comfort of their own home. But we're also seeing that attendees are being more selective with which events they go to. So I would imagine an event that goes the extra mile to humanize the experience and recognize you as an individual attendee that event I'll probably want to go back to year after year as opposed to an event where I'm just another number and the organizers don't take me into account when developing their overall event strategy. So I think that is a, a really important point. Yeah. And on the other side of it, we kind of did that too for our sales team, right? Because you want to make it a great experience for your employees and your sales team as well, because the better they feel about the experience, the more engaged they're going to be with the attendees. Yep. So um, we had created, you know, lots of times, depending on the salespeople there, sometimes they're there for them. You hope they're there for the entire company, but they're focusing on people that are there for them and getting them to engage sometime is very hard in their normal sales situation. 
they know what to expect. But when you're just standing at a booth, somebody walking by, it's a little bit harder to start that conversation or start to engage. So we had done um, a booth where it was a park-like setting. And so we made this an easy way for the attendees to come in. It was great for the branding because it was big and high and on these walls. But then we created a park setting where there was seating, there was food, but then there was also these huge um, games like Jenga, Connect Four. <laughs> and yep. So the attendees could see what the swag was on the back wall. And of course they wanted that, right? Because it was some cool stuff and they would ask how to do it. And we said, oh, just step over here and play with the salespeople. And then we also put, you know, different words or taglines on the different um, pieces of the games that were um, focused on our product. So it was an easy way to kind of start the conversation, but it was a fun way to engage. It was easy. Nobody had to feel uncomfortable approaching each other. And even with our game of Jenga, we had one that lasted probably a good half hour and oh, we started wow. to get a crowd around watching because, you know, it was getting higher and higher and teetering. And then finally, when it fell, you hear the, ah, you know, from the whole crowd. So <laughs> for the salespeople who were, you know, um, wanting to engage and have that easy conversation, it was fun for the attendee. Um, and it kind of created a whole experience for everybody that was there watching. Yeah. And that's a brilliant icebreaker. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So if I may, I'd like to recap what you've shared with us so far. So when I asked about, hey, Pilar, what is, what is the key to success? What is this recipe you've been following all these years? You said it's the importance of, from the get-go, identifying and developing a concrete event strategy. And parts of this event strategy need to account for the different stakeholder groups, the different audiences that you're catering to, both internal and external to the organization. Sometimes these groups will have varying needs and sometimes they'll be combating needs. So you'll need to prioritize those needs and really understand which ones are critical to establishing success of your events and the overall purpose that your organization is doing behind these events. But you also mentioned the importance of getting down to these different stakeholder groups and humanizing the experience for them, making them feel heard, making them feel recognized at the events, and really providing them with a memorable experience that they're going to take away and want to come back to the event next time it pops up. Um, so I want to, I want to highlight that you also mentioned there is of course the importance of establishing relationships in the industry and those different relationships can be capitalized on and utilized when you're developing your event strategy and executing on it. But aside from developing that event strategy, leveraging relationships and recognizing the stakeholders, is there anything else that the event planners should be doing to set this, themselves up for success? Yeah, I think also just kind of keeping yourself educated. I think being abreast of what's happening in the industry. Um, I'm always looking for different ways to streamline processes within my day to day. Right. So yep. sometimes there's, there may be a cost associated with it. Sometimes there's not, but I think, not that you always have to be doing bigger and better, but just kind of reevaluating as much as possible to see how you can be providing a better experience, how to make your job easier, um, makes a big difference. So I think that's one of the biggest things because we know there's so many little tiny details within planning. So if there's a, an easier or better way to, um, 
capture all that, plan all that. I'm always trying to find that. Yep. And again, tying this all back to what you said earlier on, I think it really is about relationships. If you get that network in the industry, it's I'm I'm personally I learn best by just sitting down and talking to somebody, picking their brain, understanding their experiences. Uh, always love hearing about their successes, but it's usually the failures that present the the, the most valuable learning opportunities. So, um, yes, self education is really key. And I think something I had to learn, you know, throughout the years was it's okay to ask for help as well, right? I think we get this tunnel vision. I've got to plan this. I've got to do all this. And I just have to make it happen, right? Sometimes we get overwhelmed. So I've learned it's okay to ask for help to go back to your your leader or a counterpart, you know, and see if there's somebody that can help you out. Even your association or the field, I think relying on other people is really helpful because they could have a very easy, simple solution to make things um, better for you. 100%. Yeah. So, Pilar, I know we've taken up a lot of your time today. I do want to wrap things up. But before we wrap things up here, are there any any final thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with? Any tips and tricks that they can take into their practice of being an event planner? Well, that's a good question. Um, again, I think it's um, back to relationships. Yep. And I think the other thing is just having a good time, right? Because this is a fun industry to be in. We're, we're so much. <laughs> Yes. We get to travel, we get to go to different places. So to take advantage of that as well. You know, I try to, if your schedule allows, but go in a day early to a city and get to understand the city because at some point when you go back to that city, that's going to make a difference. Walk the entire exhibit hall sometimes and see other parts of the convention center because you never know when you might be back there. Yep. And I think that's helpful too. When I start to go different companies I planned and they say, Oh, it's going to be such and such place. I'm like, Oh, let me tell you about that place. Right. So you know, all the ins and outs, the things that work well. And even when I'm creating that pre-show information for my sales team, I give them, you know, links to here's the best restaurants in the area, right. Uh, the easiest way to get to the airport, some of those little details. So I really try to plan it in a way as well, that if I was going somewhere, if I was doing this, What's all the information I would want from me and what would make it easiest for me? So again, it's personalizing it, but just really thinking about what you can do externally and internally to make that event easier and the best event that anybody's gone to. Amazing. Well, this has been a really insightful conversation. So again, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. It's It's been a, a thrill and an honor to host you on the podcast to pick your brain. I'm sure some people in the audience will possibly want to connect with you to learn more about your role, your experiences, possibly pick your brain. So Pilar, if people do want to get in contact with you, what is the best way to do so? Yeah, I would love it. If anybody has any questions or wants to collaborate or connect, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I think that's probably the easiest way easiest day, you know, send me a message. It might take your day or two sometimes for me to respond, but I would love to connect yep. with, with Fantastic. Well, we'll get that shared as well. Um, but again, just want to say thank you so much. This was a really fun conversation. And to the listeners, that wraps up our Where People Meet podcast episode on how to account for the varying needs of different stakeholders when developing your event strategy with Pilar Hill. Thanks for your time today, and we'll see you next time on the Where People Meet podcast. Thanks, Thanks. Pilar.